1: Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN
2: or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Let's get to it. Welcome to Monday. It's Hale Varsity Radio presented by... Hi, the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal, and you. Hope you had a great weekend. We are off and running. Busy week of recruiting. Busy week of uh, some hoops. And uh, fired up for it. We will spend time this first hour talking a little Salt Dogs baseball. Charlie Meyer, president of the Dogs into year 21. For uh, what a wonderful addition to uh, to the Capital City two decades plus ago, so we'll, we'll check in and let you know what's happening this summer for uh, great times at Haymarket uh, in the uh, second part of this first hour. Mark Waller, longtime head coach, Lincoln North Star, the pride of Holdridge, and assistant coach at Elkhorn South. The, uh, the uh, Lincoln Football Coaches Association, they do this every year. They do a great job. Uh, it's going to be the junior recruiting fair out at Firethorn tonight. So we'll catch up with Coach Waller in our Hour 2, Mr. Blackshirt, Charlie McBride, a Monday with Charlie, and then some Cruton with Greg Smith. We've got, uh, what, anniversaries, uh, graduations, birthday. I mean, think of your summer. Ball, right? Travel ball. Well, you also have uh, summer slash late spring visits to add more to the portal. If you're in Nebraska, a couple of big Bama names on their way in. So we'll uh, hit all of that with Greg Smith next hour. Numbers to get in, 466-3776, 466-3776, 800-825-5865. Find us on Twitter at Schmidt underscore radio or at Herbal Essence for Elijah, and can email the show chris at halevarsity.com. This hour, your chance to qualify, beef up your backyard with your friends at Capital Patio and the Flame Shop, that Smoky Mountain Schmoker, and a gift card for meat to your friends at Russ's Market. We'll tell you when to call this hour and next hour. So, did you watch the Derby? Did you enjoy your Derby party more importantly, did you cash the ticket? Were you all over 80 to 1? Were you all over 80 to 1? And to we'll we'll we'll, we'll make it relatable to college football in a minute, I promise. And they're into the
3: These two, strike for strike. Simplification down the outside is next. They're coming down to the wire. Apple Center's handed. Rich Strike is coming up on the inside. Oh, my
4: goodness. The longest shot has won the Kentucky Derby.
2: I wish he would have gone expletive-laden with that. Not that you can <laughs> do that, but you could hear in his voice he wanted to. Rich Strike is the equivalent of a Utah, a Penn State, and Iowa, think of your eighty to one. Think of your eighty to one odds. It's one thing to get to the playoff; it's another to go Jake Taylor and win the whole bleeping thing. That was that was miraculous. Part of the fun was seeing the long shot. Part of the other fun was seeing the reaction at the Derby party at Iowa as We're all jumping down. The beginning of that clip was a split second of my winnings. Because <laughs> Messier Messier in the lead. And then, bang, here comes... Chris is already counting his money at the Oh, party. I, I, would, I would have had to split the pot with, with Derek the cop. I was going to fist pound him. And then next thing I know, it's like my wife through traffic, dude, shooting up the seam. <laughs> you know, weaving through traffic, finding an opening and going there. It looks like, I'm my, not... it looks like my dad on Husker football game days he's trying to walk through the crowd
5: and get to the stadium. Oh, it's get it's to wonderful. The it's just wants... like weaving through. Same
2: thing. You got to be, you got to know the track, <laughs> right? As you're walking along uh, 10th Street. <laughs> You're making your way past Novotny's tailgate. You're finding your way past Architecture Hall. Then you get to the west side of the stadium. There's the four or five dudes there holding the sign about repentance. Mm-hmm. There's another eight or ten trying to sell you tickets at a, at a excruciating value. You smell the runza. You smell the uh, the the hot dogs, and and then you find your way to whatever gate you go into. See, in my addition to this memory is you
5: look up and you realize your dad is 30 feet ahead of you you don't know where he is he's weaving through traffic oh come on
2: You didn't hold hands no No, really no that was part of it that was like that was the there's lots of good advice papa joe papa gave me but the other was all right if you don't want to get yelled at hold hands here with me for a a few minutes see by the time i was nine i was i was too cool to be holding hands with my dad no (laughs) well that's fine but He had the tickets. (laughs) This is true. This is true.
5: So I'd look up and go, where did he go? And guess what,
2: man? (laughs) If I wasn't with him step for step, he'd he'd seat my mom and my brother and he'd be out on the corner selling mine. (laughs) Single, together, West Balcony. So no, but what what a what a listen, and I'm not Mr. Horse Racing guy, but God, it was fun and it was fun to be together with people. Out on the deck, watching, pouring drinks. It was a party, man.
5: See, and me, I had been out umpiring during the day, and I so you get, just wanted to sit down and have a cold one. You no, know, I get home, and I'm like, "Well, I got to make dinner for these UFC fights now." So I missed the Kentucky Derby. I was out on my uh, my back patio making some carne asada, some chicken, mm. grilling it up. Flat I, top. I, I, yeah, and I check Twitter, and I go, "Oh, wow. Rich Strike! Who the hell is he? Rich I, Strike?" I, go, I no one had updated me that he had been added to the field. So I didn't know. I'm like, I'm like, is this the real Kentucky Derby? I'm like, who is Rich Strike? And I go watch the video, and I go, I missed out on the greatest Kentucky Derby of all time.
2: <laughs> Pretty much, but at least Twitter's alive and and mm-hmm. repeatedly playing. And then the overhead the, shot oh, that was is incredible. Was incredible. And what's cool is uh, it, it gives you a hope as a sports fan that yes, your team too can get it done someday. Uh, which leads us to to odds in Vegas. And optimism for Nebraska football. You have Vegas and different analytics. We've touched on the FPI for Nebraska when that came out. I think that was March or late February. FanDuel has Nebraska at a high win total. the 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 number seems to circle around seven and a half. And listen, sports books aren't dumb. They make money. They thrive. They continue to build pyramids and buffets. And and high roller craps slash blackjack tables because of their sports books and because of their 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 table games clearly, but man, a a fan base that has been hurt with the over projection is Nebraska, and and Nebraska's been a team that's supposed to win six or seven games and they've been two to three games under what the numbers say they should be. All the different exercises and algorithms they run, all the all the simulations say Nebraska should be X. On average should be X. And Nebraska fan, God love you, because you're <laughs> You're right there. You, you want it to happen. You wanted it to happen yesterday, last year, the last five years for sure. You're, you're willing to pony up and say this is the year. You're kind of Cub fan, and that's all right. And it happened in 2016 for the Cubs. It happened for the Red Sox after long suffering. And I'm not talking national championships. I'm just talking beyond contention where you can win a division championship. And then maybe things go badly in Indy, but at least you're there. And that's that's the hardest part because you'll see six or seven wins projected and you throw your money down if you find your way to a book and you're heartbroken. And you're it's not that they didn't even come close to, to seven, but man, uh, you're heartbroken with the fact that they could have had eight or nine. It's not that they just fell short. It's man, you can do those simulations and a play here or there in your head. So with Nebraska, it's 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 an easy target to make some money because Nebraska fans will always keep coming back to the table. But I don't think it's I don't think it's a rigged race. I think all of these simulations and all of the analytics and all of the analysts that look at Nebraska on paper, Elijah, say. Yeah, they should be right there. They should be knocking on that eight-win door. They should be right there with Wisconsin or Iowa and and make it happen. And it goes back to what Coach Osborne talked about a couple weeks ago with this. And he nailed it. It was the schedule's not easy, but it's manageable. It's more manageable. And that, to me, is, I guess, why am I optimistic every year? Well, I, I just... I try to be an optimistic guy. I look at Nebraska. It's not Homerism or Kool-Aid or red glasses. I look at and I say, all right, let's, let's go best case scenario. And you've had worst case scenario scenario the last four years. Like what, what bad could happen? Did penalty special teams, turnovers, right? And and what, what else have you seen? You've seen some progression defensively, right? I mean, I think you can feel all right. The other part of this, too, and it's a big ask with the shakeup, but you went out and got quality people as coaches, and, and you've nailed it. Nebraska is a very appealing portal destination. Why are you saying that? Well, look at the fact that they've added eight. Not eight maybe guys, eight guys that need to come in and, and and work, and and do well. And it's got to pop one of these years, right? <laughs> if anything, they're due. Not eighty to one due. They're working towards being a, a pretty good football team. So, I'm interested here uh, with what FanDuel's saying and what Vegas is at, and why Nebraska's again sexy to be seven and five seven and a half eight wins this year and it won't be quite 80 to one if they do it do you feel that way do you feel like nebraska's a long shot are they rich strike in the world of big 10 west football i don't think they are i think they've added too much again a lot's gotta happen but i think they can finally with some different set of eyes get over the hump
5: and uh, Brandon Vogel had a great story a couple of months ago, projecting what some of the lines would be for Husker football based on the S It kind mm. of uh, correlates pretty well with what preseason lines are going to look like. And Nebraska is favored in seven of the twelve games. Uh, they are underdogs in four, and they are a pick'em in one. Uh, they are a pick'em against Minnesota. They're a three and a half point dog against Purdue on the road. They're a five point dog uh, against Oklahoma at home. Uh, twelve point dog against Michigan a three-and-a-half-point dog against Wisconsin, and uh, Iowa, a four-point underdog on the road in Iowa City. And you look at that, and the seven-and-a-half win total makes sense. Where you look at your favorite in seven, got to pick them in one to get that seven-and-a-half, and then your underdog's in four. So when you realistically look at the schedule, do you think Nebraska can go and win every single other game? Northwestern,
2: the, the games that they're supposed to, I guess I should say. That's, that's, been, been, that's been the, the problem. problem. Yes. You don't win who you're supposed to, air-quote, beat, and that's the Magic of the Big Ten, where, huh. well, it it is. I mean, don't kid yourself. I I don't have current odds, but would you put, would you put the pig farmer in Illinois at eighty to one to win the West? Probably, if you're kind. And they may not win the West, but they'll probably go bowling this year. I mean, they, they're they're another case in point of magic can happen one Saturday. But Nebraska needs to put some consistency together and all, you know what it, it's it's true think of the auburn think of the auburn season where they got to the national championship against the crab leg theft and, and they just lost in the championship game right to to Jameis. i think that was 13 2013 and you know what type of charmed life bama ha- or uh, auburn had think about it you had the the deflected pass at the end mm-hmm. of the game against Georgia. Might have been Georgia. That was was that Ole Miss? Might have been Ole Miss or Georgia. But it was it was it was an incredible finish. And then I think it was the same year they had the kick six. Mm-hmm in Spama, yeah. I, think, I mean both of those in one year. Wasn't that back to back weeks? No, I think Iron Bowl was at the end. But you had
5: It was, wasn't it? It was close. It was early part of the weeks. early
2: part of the month and then end of the month, November. Mm-hmm. But you want to talk charmed life. I mean, uh, it doesn't happen all the time, but y- y- there's some destiny involved. Uh, if, if it is your year, if, you're, if the ball is bouncing your way. So pretty fascinating weekend with uh, the long shot coming through. I still have a hard time saying Nebraska's a long shot based on on what they've done. Are they a, are they a favorite? And depends who you ask. They're 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 closer to a favorite to me or should be, than a long shot. The the question is going to be that that closing stretch to the season. Oh yeah, but w- with well, M- Minnesota,
5: Wisconsin, and Iowa all within a four week stretch of each other, and the the one game two in of the there three on the road, Michigan. I mean, you can drop that game against Michigan, but if you want to win the West, you realist- realistically have to go beat Minnesota, Wisconsin, and Iowa to close the season.
2: You got to go two and one against them. Nebraska's been going over.
5: Depends where the loss is, but
2: yeah, well, and in, in where. Where things are That's what's crazy about the West, is you'll eat each other. And it's going to be a tiebreaker that comes down to it. But, hey, it's all right. We'll uh, dive in. A uh, couple of visitors on their way this weekend to tell you about. We'll get to Greg Smith about that. A couple of Bama guys that are in the portal. Nebraska, very attractive in the portal. They could be adding couple more. See how the visit goes. We'll dive into how much fun you can have at Haymarket Park. Salt Dog Baseball 2022. President of the Dogs, Charlie Meyer, on the way. Thanks for spending time on a Monday. It's Hale Varsity. We're presented by the Nebraska Lottery. of Hail Varsity. That's hail varsity.com backslash subscribe promo code GBR.
1: And we're back, fellas. Think we could listen to the radio? Listen on Hail Varsity Radio, presented
2: by the Nebraska Lottery.
6: Yes, that's awesome.
2: Back with your tail varsity, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbel. We'll check in with Charlie McBride in less than an hour. Voice of the Salt Dogs, Michael Dixon, joins us. That ebony desk behind him is, oh, well, it's breathtaking, sir. Michael, good to spend time with you. How are you?
0: I'm good, man. This uh, actually isn't my desk. So uh, I'll pass <laughs> along to Daniel Thomas that you uh, like the aesthetic of his office.
5: Did, did they give you a desk?
0: Yeah, they have me, uh, in a, in a cubicle, but, uh, you know, when I'm actually at the ballpark each day, I'm, I'm in and out so much that, uh, it's just easier to stuff me in the corner. And, uh, as you guys know, I got a face for radio too, so no one has to look at me when I'm back there. <laughs>
2: well, it's a little better. You've got some air going. You're not perspiring. Elijah's stuck in the uh, the studio, and, and it's not He bad loses day, actually, he no. loses thirty pounds a day in that thing <laughs> uh, with the the way the AC's set up. Michael, excited man, uh, year 21 for the Salt Dogs. Another year for you behind the mic. Uh, excited to be. Uh, just fantastic uh, flagship home for the for the Salt Dogs. You're doing an amazing job, and the Salt Dogs are an incredible organization and, and so much hope and promise. Let's spend a minute here, Michael, on on the outlook here for the upcoming season.
0: Yeah, I mean it's a, a second year with with Brett uh, as the skipper, and everybody loves working with him. Everyone loves playing with him, and. They were close a year ago, uh, and you know Brett had to, to take the job with basic, uh, basically a month to prepare and inherited a roster that was built through the, the COVID non-season into the off-season following, and then James Frisbee got a chance with A.J. Hinch and his staff with the Detroit Tigers, so he had to go. And Brett, I thought, did a fantastic job filling in um, last year, trying to do whatever he could. Obviously, he was the, the full-time guy, but he was working with a different roster and so now he's had a chance to figure out what worked last year what didn't work try to address those uh those holes and uh I think it should be a lot of fun this year. And hey, we got Charlie now too.
2: Yeah, we're just taking the stroll down the hallway. Charlie Meyer, president of the salt dogs. Don't fumble that iPad brother.
6: I won't fumble. I won't, I'll try to keep it up, uh, upright anyway. There so. we go.
2: Charlie, uh, you're t- you're giving us the, the, the tour here. Michael Dixon's with Elijah Herbal, Chris Schmidt, salt dog baseball, 2021. And Michael, you touched on just the, the season and, and the dogs were right there. And, uh, a lot of power but also some balance when we talk about what's on the hill and also in the lineup uh, one through nine
0: yeah and uh for the people who who liked coming back or like coming to the ballpark last year they'll love coming back because uh, a lot of the same faces are here for 2022 i think that's one really important thing that that charlie and, and everybody works on from year to year is making sure that even in uh an industry like this where there is so much turnover from one year to the next, for the most part, I feel like fans are going to come to the ballpark and they're going to see Justin Bird again. They're going to see Josh Altman who had not just one of the best seasons in franchise history last year, but one of the best seasons in league history. And uh, guys that that he was going toe-to-toe with are now playing in in Mexico and overseas. I mean, that's how good he was last year. So on top of that, you've got a couple of uh, ex-major leaguers on the mound. You've got Kyle Kinman who was, the league's ERA king a season ago. So uh, mix all of that together. And and with the the new division alignment, it's going to be tough. Travel's going to be rough. And and there's a lot of really good teams. The Salt Dogs are going to see night in, night out. But there's no reason to think they shouldn't be uh, up there with the best of them. And I think that I speak for everybody in this organization when I say we can't wait to get started on Friday night. (laughs)
5: Charlie, I'll pose this question to you because Salt Dogs, uh, their playoff dreams came to an end last season on the final day of the regular season. So uh, how do you go about improving a team also knowing where if we had guys that are, are too good, the, the the major leagues might have a, send a, a call down to Lincoln and, and ask for a guy to, to join the their affiliated programs. H- how does that work to, during the offseason for you trying to balance improving the team while maybe not improving it too much where now you get halfway through the season and a couple guys are going up to the majors? <laughs>
6: Yeah, I mean, it's that's always the uh, the trick to the puzzle. And, you know, obviously, you know, that's really what we're all about is to move people uh, up and down the organizational path. And, uh, you know, guys that are – I, I equate it to it's kind of like an elevator. We got some guys that are coming down from affiliated ball that possibly could get back. There are some guys that are coming down out of affiliated ball that probably – this is probably their last stop, uh, before their careers are over. Um, but then, you know, that's, I'll be honest with you, this last couple of years has been really, uh, unique and different. It's probably the best way to say it instead of saying how crappy it's been with this whole COVID stuff. But, um, you know, just how things have happened within the organizations. Um, you know, everybody's, you know, it, it's just a different, um, era out there as far as player movement um a lot of players in the one year that minor league baseball didn't play a lot of those players ended up retiring so there's their pool of players shrank in the major league level and then also major league baseball did, did a reduction in, in consolidating minor league teams around the country so there there was been there's been a lot of things happening that you know that the average joe fan doesn't really understand as far as player movement and players that are available um you know we're we're considered you know uh, a professional baseball team it's independent we don't have an affiliation with anybody but you know you're always wanting to put the best product on the field each and every night even though we're going, you know, playing 100 games in 115 days. We're trying to put the best 9, 10 players on the field each and every night um, to, win a, to win a championship. And there's some risks that go along with that as far as being having players plucked away from you. And when that happens, it's really difficult because what you've done is you've lost an A player and you're probably going to replace him with either a C or D player uh that's out there and that's that's the that's the if there's a downside to what we do in our business that's the downside because you're not going to find another a player that's out there and you know there's a couple of players on our squad that last year i felt should have got a shot and just with all the covet and the numbers and everything um you know josh altman had an absolutely incredible year here uh in lincoln and um you know unfortunately he didn't get a spring training tryout and was kind of thinking he might uh, but we're glad to have him back here in lincoln and hopefully he can make a run this year and maybe someone will pick him up
2: charlie meyer michael dixon with us here hail varsity radio so charlie's just laid out the fact that he's lived the portal life uh, every year for for a long time charlie want to touch on promotions the the product will be incredible uh, itself but uh what what folks and families and youth ball clubs can do night in night out is go have a really good time with a lot of different promotions
6: yeah and i mean here we're going into our 21st season here which is kind of incredible and um you know we'll, we'll have our wiener wednesday with baseball bingo we'll have thirsty thursday fireworks fridays um you know we have various uh giveaways that we'll have throughout the season. Uh, We got our steel deal packages that are a great ticket package and with the Valentino's pizza that they can, that they have as well as uh, whether it's Sun Valley golf uh, passes to various organizations that we've got partnered with uh, throughout the summer. So we'll have five steel deals with a couple of those are Marvel nights with uh, we'll have some Marvel characters at the ballpark and And so those steel deals is a really good way for families to come out to the ballpark on an affordable Friday night or Saturday night throughout the season that just watch for the steel deals. Uh, But we also have some fun giveaways. Uh, We'll have an Irish uh, Salt Dogs jersey that we'll give away right before the Huskers play Northwestern over in Ireland on that Friday. And. We've got a, a baseball giveaway, a first responder baseball giveaway, thanks to Creek Carrier. and So a lot of fun things. Just I mean, it's it's family, it's fun, it's affordable. That's our thread. Mm. And if we stay on that thread, good things happen.
2: Charlie Meyer, president of the Salt Dogs, play-by-play man Michael Dixon, Hale Varsity Radio. We'll be out Friday, Roadshow Friday, 4 to 6 at uh, the ballpark. Excited for that. Michael, give me a player or two that folks – uh, may not know now, but we'll know soon.
0: You guys are going to like Buddy Bowman. We just watched All him right. pitch, ex-major leaguer. Uh, he threw three innings today against Sioux City, and, and you can just tell the stuff that is there. And, and, you know, he has a fastball. He's mixing in 92, 93. Had some really nasty breaking stuff, too. And you can tell he was shaking the rust off a little bit, but, Anytime a guy pitched in the big leagues, he obviously knows what he's doing. So uh, I think he'll very quickly become a fan favorite. And uh, Sherman Graves hit a home run today. Uh, Sherman Graves, a guy who hadn't played since 2020, and he's played some really low-level independent professional baseball. So this is his first crack at the American Association. And um, first swing he had at Haymarket Park, left uh, left the park to left center. And so I think uh, – a guy like that will be really fun to watch, and I think he's going to be another guy that fans just relate to. And uh, he's a guy who's grinded just to get an opportunity like this. So, you know, he's going to leave everything uh, he's got out there. And I can already tell you that everybody says Sherman's the nicest guy in and around the clubhouse. So if you're at the ballpark and you're trying to get uh, an autograph, look for number 27. so.
5: Yep. Mike, we've got about two minutes left here, so I want to quickly get your take on on some of the opposition the Salt Dogs are going to be facing this year. Who are some teams to watch for? What are going to be some big series uh, this season when teams are coming to Lincoln?
0: Well, the division's tough. It's just tough top to bottom, as Charlie knows. Kansas City is remarkably good, Uh, impossibly good. I don't know how they do it, but uh, Kansas City's going to be really, really, really good. Uh, The addition of Fargo, I mean, Fargo was one of the best teams in the league a season ago. Now they're in the division, uh, and so you got to see Fargo four different times. That's going to be tough. Winnipeg too. I mean, not only is that a long trip that we've got to make twice, but they got to come here twice. And I think we get those twelve games or whatever it is, thirteen against Winnipeg done within the neck or within the uh, first month and a half. And that franchise is always good. So uh, just adding those two franchises alone to the division, uh, as Charlie would attest to, is really tough. So each and every night uh, you've got a divisional uh, opponent on the schedule not only is the game important but it's going to be tougher than I think maybe it's ever been so it should be a really fun year because the guys like to compete uh, Brett likes to compete and of course you know for the broadcasters in the booth it gets really fun when you're doing uh, stuff like that instead of you know seeing a team like Houston who had to fill in as a travel team last year uh, four times like we saw them so it should be fun
2: Michael Dixon, play-by-play man for the dogs. Uh, you hear the Salt Dogs on ESPN, Lincoln, home, uh, home of your Lincoln Salt Dogs and President Charlie Meyer, with this uh, opening night Friday, Fireworks Friday, uh, Sunday Family Fun Day is uh, awesome. And, of course, uh, Junior Salt Dogs Night on Saturday the 14th. Uh, check saltdogs.com not only to get your, uh, your, your season tickets or uh that series you want to see but also for all the promotional nights that are just a, an awesome time for family and friends and just on a personal note we had a, a great time last year uh being able to take uh, junior's team out to uh to see the Salt Dogs <laughs> and uh and and go do that and that was just uh, very memorable for uh, for our family to uh, to go out there and and see and play some ball and also uh, go experience it Charlie Michael uh, best to you guys thanks for all you do
6: well thank you thanks for having us and uh we look forward to a another fun season here at the ballpark can't wait you guys the best thanks man michael
2: take care quick time out see you guys all right there he is charlie meyer michael dixon uh we'll check in coach mcbride on the way it's hail varsity presented by the nebraska lottery
7: hello listener this is brandon vogel managing editor of hail varsity and i wanted to let you know about a special deal just for listeners of the hail varsity radio show podcast we're offering $10 off the annual subscription price of $29.99. That means that you, for less than $20, can get everything we produce, 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all of the premium content we produce at hailvarsity.com. Just go to hailvarsity.com slash subscribe and enter the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hail Varsity. That's HailVarsity.com slash subscribe promo code GBR. But
1: sounds like he was
7: born with a stogie in one hand and a brew in the other.
1: Now, say my name. It's Schmitty on Hale Varsity Radio. I got the body of a taut, preteen teen Swedish boy.
2: Back to you, it's Hale Varsity, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Brent McMurphy tweeting out the NCAA issues, quote, guidance, And reminds everyone, NCAA recruiting rules preclude boosters from recruiting and or providing benefits to prospective student-athletes. Thank you for the reminder, NCAA. Guy who was incredible at Lincoln North Star as a head coach, an assistant at Elkhorn South. We welcome in uh, longtime coach Mark Waller to the program And the Lincoln Football Coaches Association have their annual junior recruiting fair tonight out at Firethorn Country Club Resort. The results, pretty. The resort is awesome. Do you have a prospective student athlete that is uh, in the market, wants to get a a few looks and and meet some folks? Uh, Be sure to, to to think about this, Coach Waller. Thanks for a few minutes. How are you?
3: Great, Schmitty. How you doing?
2: Okay. We're good. We are good. We're, we were just talking uh, long shot or favorite, you know, in, in lieu of the Kentucky Derby to start the show off. And uh, we, we get into the Nebraska football odds. I know you're a proud Husker and uh, you're, you're paid it forward here uh, not only on, on the field as a, as a high school coach, but also uh, when it comes to uh, what the Lincoln football coaches association is uh, putting on, let's, let's uh, learn a little bit more about the recruiting fair coach.
3: Yeah, uh, tonight we got our uh, recruiting fair event out at Firethorn. It's actually Schmitty just for uh, uh, high school football coaches and then colleges. It's actually not. No players. uh, No players are are in attendance for this event. There's plenty of recruiting events where they can come, but uh, we're excited. We got about 32 to 33 uh, pre-registered college coaches or universities coming in. And then we'll have four or five walk-ups. I believe we have 24 or 25 high school coaches and schools that will will be represented, uh, which makes a great recruiting fair. That's what the college coaches want, is to be able to sit down face-to-face and and visit with these high school coaches. We're uh, expecting a great turnout and it should be a great event.
2: Coach, that's so important to to be able to – get some rapport, right, from the high school to the college and the college to the high school, and, and you lived that. You had a number of guys that, that you have coached currently and, and did coach at North Star that they got looks from, from all levels of college ball.
3: Exactly right, yeah. Um, you know, everybody knows about the Division One kids, the Maverick Noonan, the, the Gunnar Gatula, the Malachi Coleman, but the kids that will really benefit from tonight's event for those student-athletes on the bubble that may be a, more of an FCS player, uh, a Division II player, a Division III player, which I think we got a lot of really good high school football players right now in the state that uh, you know will be able to go on and play at that Division II level. So uh, tonight's event will really benefit a student-athlete like that.
2: And we're talking with Mark Waller, uh, assistant at Elkhorn South, longtime headman at Lincoln North Star, the Lincoln Football Coaches Association, once again hosting the recruiting fair. Uh, That is tonight at 6 p.m. out at uh, Firethorn Resort. Now, if for some reason a coach isn't signed up, is there still room to get in tonight?
3: Sure, absolutely, yeah. We'll have walk-ins. We'll have college coaches that will walk in, even though we have the bulk of them pre-registered. Uh, we have a good hand on the high school coaches that will be here in attendance that will uh, be representing their high school program. But uh, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, they they've known about it for quite a while. But right. uh, uh, you know, we got a great turnout coming, and uh, it's going to be a great night, great evening. And uh, then they'll in the metro up in Omaha has their event tomorrow night, so. You know, uh, a college football coach, in, and we'll have a lot of out, out of state coaches mm-hmm. in tonight. And so they'll see about 25 high school coaches tonight, and then they'll go up to the Metro tomorrow night and see another 30. So they're going to be able to hit quite a few high schools in two nights.
5: Coach uh, Waller is with us here on Hale Varsity Radio. And, Coach, I remember back to my high school days, it felt like. Uh, As soon as the spring sports ended, the school year ended, it was right into the football grind through the summertime. Is is that still how it is now? And just the the timing of this being tonight, uh, how important is it with uh, the summer conditioning programs, I'm I'm sure, coming up for high schoolers?
3: Yeah, exactly right. It's huge. It's a great timing to have a, a recruiting event. You know, a lot of the college and universities, they're just finishing up with spring football. Uh, they're out on the road recruiting. Um, so that's why we'll get a, a great pool of coaches in tonight for the recruiting fair. A lot of those coaches will stay overnight. They'll go attend maybe a district track meet tomorrow, watch some of these student athletes perform on the track and field uh, venue. And then um, um, then we're right into fall camp. You know, a, a lot of high school programs will have their fall camp uh, or, or summer football camp early. Uh, you got a bulk of team camps and, and recruiting fairs. Uh, recruiting combines coming up in June. So, uh, yeah, there's June's a busy month for a high school student-athlete.
2: Coach Waller is with us. Coach, just give us a little backstory on the Lincoln Football Coaches Association, how it came to be in, in, in its history, because you've been helping coaches and kids out a while.
3: Yeah, you know, when I was at North Star or, or here in Lincoln, I used to travel up to the Metro, and every time I'd be driving back to Lincoln, I'd wonder, you know, why in the world don't we just get a, an association going in Lincoln? So with the help of Coach Hanson, Jim Hanson, a Pius, Coach Gatula at Lincoln Southeast High School, uh, we're able to get things rolling back in 2015. And uh, it's really kind of taken off. Our membership's really growing. Uh, this recruiting event that we're having tonight is really growing. And uh, so uh, we have a lot of people, a lot of, a lot of in-city high school coaches that will be in attendance. We have surrounding area coaches. Malcolm, Milford, Waverly, Seward, York, all those coaches will be in a tennis uh, for tonight.
2: Coach, uh, before we say goodbye, just a thought. You've coached a lot of kids in your career, and uh, a thought on, on, on Mav Noonan. Uh, you get to see him, and you have seen him uh, during the practice uh, sessions, and, of course, uh, when it comes to game time. Uh, touch on, on his ability and, and how fun he is to be around.
3: Maverick Maverick's a great kid uh he's a special player he's very explosive very powerful uh he, he's got a great get off um he uh you know he can really pressure the quarterback he's getting better every day in terms of playing the run uh you know he's he's kind of narrowed some schools down I know he's going to take a couple of, of official visits now in June and uh um, hopefully he'll uh, make the decision to be a Husker, but he's got many, many opportunities. A lot of great schools really after him. Uh, but he's a great kid, great kid to coach, really fun. we got Teddy Prochaska's mm-hmm. little brother, Henry, who's going to be a heck of a player. We have another uh, really very talented Ashton Murphy young man who's a D lineman. So uh, we're really blessed to have a lot of great players up at Oakhorn South.
2: If folks uh, want more info on the Lincoln Football Coaches Association, is it best to send them to your website, Coach?
3: Absolutely, Schmitty. Yeah, uh, we got our website. Uh, all the information that they need about the Lincoln Football Coach Association, they can get off there. They're able to contact or e- email myself, which is on that website, mm-hmm. plus Coach Jim Hansen or Coach Ryan Gatula Southeast.
2: It's uh, org. Log on, find out more info in the recruiting fair tonight out at the Firethorn Resort uh, with the Lincoln Football Coaches Association. A number of college and high school coaches on hand. Coach Waller, best to you and all you're doing for uh, for coaches and, and players around the state and beyond. Thanks for a few minutes today.
3: Thanks, Matty. You take care.
2: All right. Bye. There he is, Mark Waller, longtime coach at North Star, assistant at Elkhorn South and uh, going to be a pretty awesome event for coaches at the high school and college level to, uh, to mingle, get together, and to get connected. We'll wind down. Hour one, Hail Varsity continues. We're presented by the Nebraska Lottery.
1: Chime in, 402-466-ESPN, or email the show, Chris, at
2: HaleVarsity.com. Just try me, try me. Back to Hail Varsity Radio. Good stuff. Uh, hour one, thanks to Mark Waller, the uh, Lincoln Football Coaches Association, their recruiting fair tonight. Charlie Meyer, Michael Dixon, Salt Dog Preview for the 2022 season. And we're 10 minutes away from Mr. Blackshirt, Charlie McBride. So you have some specifics here with the NCAA, the D1 Board of Directors issuing name, image, and likeness guidance. What's guidance mean to you? Guidance is, all right, brother, you've had eight shots in 15 minutes. It's your, it's your bar crawl. Get some water. Go get a burrito. That is guidance to me. The NCAA says guidance Defines as booster, a booster is any third-party entity that promotes an athletics program, assists with recruiting, or assists with providing benefits to recruits. Enrolled student-athletes or their family members. The definition could include collectives set up to funnel name, image, and likeness deals to prospective student-athletes or enrolled student-athletes who might be considering transferring. So don't tamper, don't influence before they sign on the dotted line. It's as simple as that. Once they find their way to to Nebraska, per se, as a portal, or maybe they're considering Nebraska on an official visit but haven't signed, good luck policing this, man. You can't go retroactive and start hammering programs that because you weren't prepared took advantage like it or
5: not. Well y- you say you can't but I don't put anything past the NCAA <laughs> they'll do what they please.
2: They, they they have gone from sharp teeth to dentures to now gumming you. Alright there's no bite I'm sorry and you want you want to push Bama and Clemson and your top 50 schools into their own thing under the college football playoff go ahead and try and Smack somebody while you've done nothing with the NCAA basketball FBI wiretap crew.
5: Well, you see, you, you, you say this like the NCAA sense. Ha- has set a precedent they with their decisions logic. that they have logic. And they have shown over the past 10 years that their decisions don't have to make sense.
2: They'll just do what they want. Damn it, Crouch, you had a ham sandwich. Pay it back or else no senior Heisman year for you. That still irks Nebraska fans and it should. <laughs> I mean no I know man I mean I'm I'm looking at this completely logically as, as if there's adults in the room that aren't stuffed shirts that have failed upwards <laughs> in the world of academic hierarchy That's a good way to put it Let's uh, get you a reminder about buckling up hands on the wheel eyes and mind straight ahead the driver has one job to drive and buckle up this message from the Nebraska Department of Highway Safety Office. Let's get you qualified to beef up your backyard. Caller 9 right now qualifies for that smoky mountain cooker smoker from Capitol Patio and the Flame Shop a gift card for some awesome meat from Russ's Market. Caller 9 right now, 466-3776, 466 Seventy-six, Your chance to win this end of May. We'll do another drawing next hour. But call now. Talk to Elijah. Be caller nine. Good luck with that uh, Smoky Mountain smoker from Capitol Patio. The gift card for meat to Russ's market caller nine. Right now, Mr. Blackshirt, Charlie McBride. Next, Tale Varsity presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Pardon the interruption, but I'd like to save you some money. Hey, it's Chris Schmidt with Hale Varsity. And I wanted to offer listeners of this podcast $10 off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you, for less than $20, can get everything we produce. 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all the premium content we produce at HailVarsity.com. Just go to HailVarsity.com backslash subscribe and enter in the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hale Varsity. That's HaleVarsity.com backslash Welcome to it. It's hour two. It's Hale Varsity Radio presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. We'll talk some recruiting. Greg Smith on the way. We welcome in Mr. Blackshirt himself. A Monday with Charlie. Charlie McBride with us. Coach, did you jump in the lake yet? I hear it's warm up north.
4: It is. Uh, it it, it it's, The water's really warm.
2: <laughs>
4: <laughs> well, we haven't done it yet, and I haven't seen anybody hit in the water other than People with uh, wetsuits.
2: <laughs> so it's still a bit chilly, but you're having some warm temps, it sounds like.
4: Uh, yeah, it's, the weather's been beautiful. I mean, at least today, anyway.
2: Well, good. We'll, we'll, we'll keep sending
4: it your uh, way. I know. You sent the rain, too.
2: Yeah, I, I had no control <laughs> over that. We've gotten so much that uh, we had to pass it along, right?
4: <laughs> right, well, listen, if I blow up here, uh, I, uh, my phone, as I can see, is not doing so hot. No worries. And so we'll see.
2: We'll, uh, we'll, we'll uh, make sure we can get as much as we can with uh, with you. We thank you, as always, for your time. Did you watch the Kentucky Derby?
4: I did not. Okay. I didn't, in fact, I forgot about it. I was watching some. I think I was watching a baseball game, a, lot, a, a softball game, I mean. hmm on the big ten network i, I think but i i had some I was doing some painting and stuff like that so i was working and painting mm. at the same that's time. that's all right it and was
2: that, an incredible finish though wow yeah.
4: I got I got so that I can't do two things at once. I just have to do one at a time now.
2: <laughs> That's all right. That makes sense. Well, Coach, I wanted to get your take on. We we talked about you know Rich Strike winning the Derby is an eighty to one long shot, and you know you look at Nebraska and all these different betting slash gambling sites have right. Nebraska. As a favorite again for this year, what do you make of that? What do you think about those, uh, be it Vegas or a FanDuel or or different entities that look at Nebraska's team and say, okay, they're a, a co-favorite or a favorite for the West? What do, what's your reaction?
4: Well, I think I think that you know that there may be. The thing that I think they're looking at is probably they, some of the guys that came in, the leadership that they're going to bring with them, and, and uh, that they did have a good, a good uh, year with the re- recruiting of uh, uh, you know these guys from other places and so forth and so on, and you know it seems that they've done pretty good with that, and you know they they they're probably I would say that a lot of times those guys know what they're talking about. They really study it. Mm-hmm. I mean, they study the heck out of stuff. And I think a lot of it will depend on how the summer goes, you know, whether they're injuries or people leave or come or go or whatever it is that may even, you know, get better. If Some guys come and, you know, you never know mm-hmm. uh, how it's going to be. But uh, I would I would say that, you know, in, in my – just knowing that the thing is that you never do i I never like gambling part of it i sure. I just don't think it's good for college football or any college sport I, you know if you want to be a professional that's different but we're professionals now I mean it's <laughs> you know it's the amateurism is history mm-hmm. when you start giving kids money and so forth so but I tell you what they're they're you know you they're, they're right <laughs> an awful lot of the time.
2: Charlie McBride's with us. Coach, how much difference or what difference is there in your your opinion between a Nebraska or a Minnesota or a Wisconsin or an Iowa? I ask that because that's kind of the peer group Nebraska's in with the West. They've been right there more times than not. They've just been a little short.
4: Well, i tell you what, Nebraska's got a little bit of an advantage to start with. Number one is I, I think they're going to have a, a, a better group of players uh, as far as, you know, just even if, even if we didn't get a whole lot of kids out of it, I think they're going to be better off because the age. They're older. Mm-hmm. They're realizing what it's taken. They're realizing last year was a year that, you know, when you really look at it and you, and you look and see the point spreads at the end of the games and so forth, and, you know, it's it's a freak an accident. Mm-hmm. I mean, what happened last year, I mean, I you don't look at teams that have that happen to them. And somewhere along the line, they're getting popped and beat pretty good, mm-hmm. that, and we never did. Mm-hmm. You know, it was always, what, Illinois, eight, eight or nine points with Illinois, and the rest of it is all less than that. Mm-hmm. And then we didn't have a good year. We gave up, what, 20, 30 points, 25 points in the kicking game. When you subtract those 25 points from the end of some games, you got a pretty good team. you know. And so I think that a lot of the players have the right attitude in the back of their minds that they got to show people what we really are. I mean, this is crazy, and I think that, I think that that's probably what a few of these guys that have come
2: to Nebraska are counting on. Coach, I look at Michigan State, right? They went 11 and 2 last year. Mel Tucker went to the portal, turned his roster upside down, just crushed it. Really did well. Uh, probably surprised himself a little bit. Uh, is that some, and I'm not saying Nebraska will be as right or lucky, however you want to term it. As Michigan State, but you've seen one Big Ten team do it already through the portal, mm-hmm. and is that something in the short term that that you would, if you were in Scott's shoes, would you have kind of accessed I, the portal as much as, you, as as he has?
4: I don't. I you know I've I've had a hard time with. I, I we survived it, you know without doing any hardly any junior college recruiting and. Right. You know, I've always I've always felt like that. You know, when you know what the players like, and you know, just uh, you've worked with them hard, and you and to have somebody else come in, I don't. You know, there's times when you need them. Mm -hmm. You know, and and right now they probably. You know, maybe I don't. I'm not there, but Mm -hmm. they probably need these guys, and and you know, maybe it's that's the thing to do, because they know it better than than me. That's for sure. sure. But Um, I, I just, I wonder why my my feeling is in a little bit, you know, off, probably off off base a little bit in the fact that I don't know why we have that many guys on the team. If we have guys during teamwork standing around, Mm -hmm. um, I don't, I don't think they're learning and, and, and I, I, you know, like I go back to us, we had four stations going, two on offense, two on defense. One was a pass and outside run. One was inside run and short yardage and stuff like that with the, with the offensive line. And then defensively, it was the same thing. It was pass and outside run. And we did screens and inside run with the inside guys. And then we just switched. So they all got a lot of reps, but the, Got the scout team guys are working on the techniques you've been teaching mm-hmm. against our own people again. Those are the best. They were working against as good offensive line as they're going to see in, co- in college football. Mm-hmm. And to me, when you you know you have a deal where they, they aren't getting the reps, they aren't and they're standing around while two teams are practicing, and you have fifty guy, one hundred fifty guys. Mm-hmm. You know, and I, I remember talking about it with Tom that we were going to cut way back to somewhere around 135 guys, you know, cut it back and still do what we were doing. And but that, that, that throws a wrench into the whole walk on thing. Are we just bringing kids in? You know, what, I don't know. You know, I don't know the answer to all that stuff. You know, you really got to sit down and make a decision because there's a lot of kids leaving the state right now and uh, that are good football players, I think. It's another
5: black shirt Monday with coach Charlie McBride and, and coach. I, I want to get your take. Cause there were a lot of guys that were down in the depth chart this spring that did get a, a lot of reps through spring ball with some injuries to some guys were expecting to be starters next season. And, and I want to get your take with Nebraska going to the transfer portal, trying to fill some holes that they see in the roster. I, I, I just want to get your take on how good of a sense you have of, of what you have on the team say uh, in, in the month of may, did you ever show up in fall camp and, uh, be surprised with the development that a, a certain player made through the summer months? I guess how much can be done from a, a player's point of view to develop before but, fall camp starts?
4: If you, if you knew what we did in the old days, we used to have a freshman team. When mm-hmm. we played freshman, then they redshirted their next year, their sophomore year. A lot of guys them And you're a little bit in that category. And I think that sometimes, you know, if you're doing things right and things are going good, uh, you have you're kind of redshirting some of the guys that are coming up, and that they're a year older, they've been around a little bit, and they end up being better football players. Now that doesn't mean that they're going to walk off after one one and done, you know, because they could do that. I think after a couple of years they can go, but but I think that uh, you know you get to a situation where you got. you you get guys coming in on the freshman team and have guys that are coming in who are here uh, playing and they're young, you're going to be a little redshirt. And I think that's a good thing. Uh, And the reason I say that is because you, you can't believe it. It doesn't sound good to a player when he comes in. He wants four years and I'm out of here and all this kind of stuff. But I tell you what, it takes, it takes some work to get an education. And if you don't walk out without one, uh, you know, you can't eat the football. And, <laughs> and so I, I really think that that shirt year is, is really, really good for us.
2: Charlie McBride's and with us. It, Hail it, Go ahead, Coach. Sorry, we lost you it, for a second. Can, Finish your thought.
4: It can work that way if, it, if you know, if. It, you
2: know the way it looks to me, Coach. There's a couple of kids from Nick Saban's program from Alabama that that are going to be visiting this weekend. You know what what benefit? Uh, what do you think of, of maybe a couple of guys that just didn't see the field, but were part of the Bama program? Maybe finding their way to Lincoln. Can they bring something to Nebraska, even though they they didn't see as much time as they'd like for under under Nick? <laughs>
4: I, if I'm not mistaken, they have a lot of eligibility left.
2: Uh, there's, that,
4: yes. That's probably a good thing. I mean, that's, that. you know, they didn't go there because they were humpty-dumpty. <laughs> you know, <laughs> and even if there was some immaturity that was thrown in there that maybe hurt them a little bit, maybe they learned something. Mm-hmm. And um, those are the things you don't know. Um, you know, and I, I know one thing. If you ask Nick, he'll tell you. I mean, he's... That's, that's what he is. He'll, he, he isn't going to try to trick you or do something like that. He's going to tell you the truth about kids and um, <clears throat> so they, there's been some research done on it. Mm-hmm. I'm sure. And, but I, it looks to me like I think one of them had a red shirt year, but it's still they've got what four years of eligibility left. and that's, that's still a lot of, that's a lot of football. So I think that you know that in in that particular case, I think that's not a bad that's not a bad thing,
2: Coach. We'll say goodbye. I Want to get your thoughts on the NCAA? They came out with specific guidelines or guidance with this name, image, and likeness, and the NCAA enforcement can still go after some bad violations of recruiting rules or payment for performance that occurred over Mm -hmm. the past year. So programs that shelled out for NIL could get punished. Do you believe that? Do you believe the NCAA Uh, still?
4: It'll be in court. Let's put it. It'll be a mess. Because there'll be a lot of people that'll be, you know, going to court, doing this and that, and wait for the answer and sit around, and everybody's going to be just losing time in their lives with this thing. And, you know, to me, I can I can see I could see the Pell Grant and a lot of these things that we were able to get the kids money with every year that they were able to, according to their way their families lived and mm-hmm. things like that. And like I said, I'm an old timer, so I'm you know back in the dark ages. But the way things are done now, they've changed so much that it's a free world, and you know everybody does what they feel like doing and. You know, I think the teams that win are the teams that are really well-disciplined and really work hard, you know, together. Um, but if you're thinking of just going and making money at a school or something like that, I am not. I don't think that's, to me, that's not the way to go to a place.
2: Charlie McBride with us, Hale Varsity Radio. Coach, we'll, uh, we'll talk uh, next week about Day by Day, that documentary. Premieres Thursday this week in Lincoln, and I'll have a chance to see it over the weekend. I know that there's a lot of excited Nebraska fans about it. I hope I didn't say any bad things. Well, I I know they sat down with you. We're, we're going I'm sure. I'm sure you were charming, Coach. I'm sure the the, the the lens loved you.
4: I didn't beat my fist on the table. I don't think.
2: <laughs> yeah, I haven't heard any. I haven't seen anything about you flipping a table or. Or, or getting upset, so I think it's okay. I think the uh, the footage of you is is going to be well received.
4: <laughs> well, I hope they lost it. <laughs> no, no, that I think it's going to be fun. I think everybody's going to enjoy it, and it'll be great. You know, it's one of those things that do, it does nothing but make your university better.
2: That's awesome, coach. Enjoy the the weather. Get into the uh, the the lake and. Take care. We'll talk Monday. Thanks for the time today.
4: Okay. Thanks, those, for having me. Yep. Talk to you next week.
2: See you, Coach. There he is, Charlie McBride, with us on Monday with Charlie. Get the podcast ESPNLincoln.com. Greg Smith, Recruiting Info. Recruiting next.
7: Pardon the interruption, but I'd like to save you some money. I'm Brandon Vogel, Managing Editor of Hale Varsity, I wanted to offer listeners of this podcast $10 off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you... For less than $20, can get everything we produce, 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all of the premium content we produce at hailvarsity.com. Just go to hailvarsity.com slash subscribe and enter the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hail Varsity. That's Hailvarsity.com slash subscribe, promo code GBR.
1: And now And now back to Hail Varsity Radio.
2: Back into it, it's Hail Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Time for some cruton with Greg Smith, Hailvarsity.com and magazine at Greg Smith H V on Twitter. Straight up breakdown. Subscribe to it, Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, of course on the At Podcast platform. Greg, are you going to brave the wind tonight to grill?
8: Boy, I ha- I don't well, I'm going to say it's a game time decision. I do have pork chop thawed, um, so I am prepared in the case that I want brave to brave the wind. Um, I'm just happy I'm recovered from the derby party from the
2: weekend. Oh, you're telling me? I, I on a whim thought about going 80 to one. I went <laughs> I went with Messier, and it looked okay. good for about two seconds. <laughs> that is, yeah.
8: So that, I, I had Cyberknife. Okay, okay. Yeah, that didn't go well. Third to last, I think.
2: (laughs) Well, all those poor horses, man, it's like they hit the the gas pedal, they floored it, and the pace was so insane. And then all of a sudden, it's like my, my lovely wife through traffic uh, you know, weaving and zooming and and found an opening, found a seam, and bang, she uh, she got through the through the yellow light.
8: <laughs> yeah, it, it happens. That was a, it was a great race. So that was that was a lot of fun, uh, especially if you took a flyer.
2: I did not. I did not. But it, <laughs> I donated to the pool, and it ended up being like, who had? Oh yeah, uh, third place won it <laughs> <Because> Nice <laughs> many of the first and second. But no, that was a, that was an awesome time at the derby party. Shout out, Iowa Russ. That was good. Busy weekend, my friend. And uh, I would crank up some some Skinner right now, but I didn't plan ahead. Uh, Stefan Wynn, Kane Williams talked to me here about Nebraska's appeal and I guess some connections. Nebraska seemed to have had connections here or there with a lot of the Portal kids or even some of the JUCO. That You're going to have connections, but uh, in some instances, it's a second time around for these guys with uh, current or or newer staff members in the recruiting world.
8: Yeah, and I think that that has been something that, and I, I've written about this a couple of times, and we, I spoke to Eric Jander about this, I think it was at signing day, Um, In February, the the idea that anymore, if you lose out on our recruitment, like you can't burn that bridge. And this is from both sides, right, from the coach side and the player side, because you just never know how things are going to intersect and cross over after that because of coach movement, player movement. And you just want to get just a good life lesson to keep those relationships strong and don't burn bridges when you don't have to, right? And so because of that, Nebraska does a good job in living rooms and with these uh, different relationships, that they end up being able to come back the second time around where maybe a kid like Nebraska the first time they're out of high school, but he didn't pick them. Like Tommy Hill is a really good example of that, right? He's on the current team. And they've been able to have those relationships. Uh, and both Wynn and Kane Williams are, are a couple of examples of that. A little bit different situation with Kane Williams as he was recruited by Bill Bush and Mickey Joseph at a different school at LSU, but those relationships carry through enough for Nebraska to be getting a look at an official visit from him this coming weekend, and then Stefan Wynn is someone that Nebraska and plenty of others tried to recruit out of high school as a four-star defensive lineman. Everybody's after those guys, um, and he's another body, a big body kid that could fit into a nice rotation for Nebraska up front.
5: Greg Smith with us here on Hale Varsity Radio. And Greg, I, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I, I thought that with Devin Drew and O'Shawn Mathis in the boat, that got Nebraska up to 85 scholarship players. Is there any update on, on how much space they have? How, how many more can they add uh, based on what the scholarship count looks like right now?
8: Yeah, I would say that they they probably are right there at that 85, um, but even though, I'll caution, even with that May 1st deadline obviously coming and going with guys being able to get into the portal, there's still a couple of other ways um, that Nebraska could have attrition, right? And So you could end up putting a guy or two on medical scholarship, uh, where basically they can keep their academic scholarship, but they're no longer on the football team, or because graduation is also this weekend, Nebraska could end up having a grad transfer or two that also then free up a scholarship spot. So I don't think they're too concerned about it uh, at this point
2: is okay. about the number isn't it i mean that's that's yeah that's about what i would say three is probably the max that
8: they're going like three more that mm-hmm. they're going to take this off season and it would be smart maybe even to take two at this time and then maybe keep just one of those spots in your back pocket uh you never know what happens down the road
2: greg smith with us greg we we talk about uh, stefan Wynn. And I look at him as a guy that I mean he's got four years under his belt he's more experienced. I chalk up lack of snaps to what he was behind and and that's that's just how it is. Lamar Goods doesn't look like he's still on Nebraska's radar. Is that fair to say is that what you're hearing? Yeah,
8: that's that's kind of where it feels like it's trending at this point with with Nebraska and Lamar Goods, which should mean good news for the Huskers and, and Win. Um, and Nebraska usually has a pretty good sense of when guys are coming in and they feel like they can get them. Um, they're they're pretty good at closing those those situations, right? Um, and when you're right. He has a lot of experience, kind of practice weight room, been in a uh, you know a high level obviously college program in Alabama. Um, and it's not. I don't necessarily say that this is just a guy that flamed out at his previous school because. Like you mentioned, I mean, he's playing in front of a lot of NFL dudes, right? A lot of guys are going first, second round in the NFL draft, um, winning all types of awards in college football. Uh, so it would be good for Nebraska to land him. I think that would be a good get and go another long another really good step in fortifying that defensive line because it's going to need a, a rotation of guys to hold up in the Big Ten through a full season.
2: Greg, let's uh, fast forward to, to not this weekend, but next weekend. Caden Green, offensive tackle. Jaden Doss, both 500-mile radius Kansas City guys. And uh, a good shot here for uh, for Coach uh, Don Raiola uh, t- to land another high-level prospect in, well, kind of in Nebraska's backyard. Also talk to me a little bit about Doss, what you like about both of these prospects.
8: Yeah, Kaden Green is just a, a massive monster of an offensive lineman. And talk about a... a- big-time early first test for Donovan um, as an offensive line coach. Um, This is a a really big one. Nebraska got him on campus during spring football, and I think he was really, or Nebraska was really on the outside looking in with his group at that point, and Nebraska really did a great job blowing him and his family away on that visit, which then got the Huskers into the top five um, and got him to secure that official visit that he's actually had on the books for weeks now um, that he had told me about before, and we kind of broke that on Hill Varsity, Um, but he's a powerful run blockers. and Nebraska's got good competition for him now, like Oklahoma, Michigan, teams that really do well with the offensive line um, are, are all over him at this point, too. And then with Jaden Duff, um, he's like 6'1", 6'2", 200 pounds, and he's a former running back, and you can tell that uh, with the way his body is built, uh, low to the ground, uh, really thick legs, he's good after the catch and a physical player out wide. Uh, Mickey Joseph really likes him, and Nebraska has a real shot uh, with some very like high-quality wide receivers that are all kind of in the backyard, uh, like you mentioned.
2: What's the number you're feeling for Nebraska at the wide receiver position for 2023?
8: I think three or four wide receivers. You've had a little bit of attrition already in that room with Neville moving on. You could still maybe see more after this season if you see guys um, kind of, you know, still staying down in the depth chart. Um, But if you look at a group like Doss, Malachi Coleman, Joshua Manning and Benny and goy uh, who could play either wide receiver or defensive back at the next level, two of those kids being right here in Lincoln, two of them being in Kansas City like you can't really beat that when it comes to local recruiting for Nebraska at the skill position at the skill position
2: what's the the latest on Malachi Coleman uh, from a lean not only program wise i mean the the world's after him but also from a position standpoint.
8: Yeah, and see, that's the thing. I think that one, one of the real interesting like, kind of subplots of his recruitment is going to be like, where does he end up seeing himself playing position wise? Not just with the school and the fit that way, but position wise, because he's making a lot of different connections with different schools all over the country, and everybody sees him at, at a different position, right? So, have a wide receiver, tight end, defensive end, outside linebacker, all over the place. Somebody's going to want him to punt the ball after a while here, the way it's going. Yeah. So, it's going to be real interesting to see where. where he sees himself how he can make those connections with those different schools but he's also going to have to narrow it down at some point like you're going to have because teams are going to want to start taking or lining up as we've seen with Nebraska these summer official visits so they can get a real handle on their board I'll be curious if he takes any summer OV's or if he waits until the fall to really kind of flesh things out a little bit to see what he likes
5: Greg, do you think Nebraska will be behind the eight ball at all recruiting this summer when you look at the status of of Coach Frost? I mean, it's kind of a a win now season for him. And you've got to think that the recruits would would know that this summer. So, I mean, do you think they'll struggle to to get commitments this summer, get guys in the boat uh, before the season happens, knowing Scott Frost most likely has to win to keep his job?
8: That's a really good question because I think that Naprasi, you're right that he is going to have to win and keep the job, but he also like he's going to have to be able to sell to recruits that I've got more than one year either way, right? And that this could be a stepping stone. We we don't know if that's actually true or if that could come to pass, um, but you just hope that you don't have to cut across that bridge, right? And they end up having a strong season, but you also need to be able to get some of those guys in the boat early um, so that you can start moving on to other things um, and and trying to focus also on the season like that's going to be a really interesting thing that happens this summer will it hurt Nebraska that Scott Frost is going to enter this season on the hot seat we're trying to land some of these early commitments and they're going to go hard here over like the next few weeks like between now and the end of June you're going to see a lot of official visitors coming into campus
2: Frost is key and he does a great job with the recruits that said I think with with the the staff he has in place to your point I think it's okay and easy to sell you got more than than one year because a you're gonna be optimistic that this is the year you get over the hump uh you you get uh, to a bowl game you you're competitive for the west look at everyone else portal wise when they've got a year that's already jumped in right. the boat i mean there's there's ways to to kind of talk uh worry off the ledge so to speak and i I honestly think uh, the powers that be want want to give him every opportunity. You can't go three and nine, four and eight, obviously. But, you know, this, this could be the year. I mean, just look at the, the Vegas odds that keep coming out. The FanDuel stuff, Greg. I mean, somebody thinks something uh, pretty highly wise about Nebraska. <laughs>
8: Yeah, it's funny you mention that. Steve Mark and I talked about that on the podcast this morning. I'll go live tomorrow with the Vegas odds. But if you really look at it, and you look at the schedule, and this is the thing that, and when you look at talk about these recruits, and it all rolls together, right? The schedule for Nebraska sets up for them to create a lot of excitement early in the season. Like, if they, and it really obviously starts with Northwestern if they could just win that game and kind of get on a roll because we haven't seen this program in recent years kind of get that wind underneath their sails and take off, um, and that would be really curious to see what it looked like for Nebraska if they were able to win a few in a row to start the season and then go from there. A
2: few more minutes uh, on the other side. Greg Smith going to hang with us for another segment. Some croutin. Busy weekend. You heard Greg's take on the Bama 2. What's the likelihood that that maybe turns into a yes by both guys visiting? There's uh, more with Greg Smith on a Monday. It's Hail Varsity Radio we presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hail Varsity. That's HailVarsity.com backslash subscribe. Promo code GBR.
1: And now. And now back to Hail
2: Varsity Radio. Greg Smith, couple more minutes with us. HailVarsity.com and Magazine. Recruiting Insider at Greg Smith HV on Twitter. Straight up Breakdown Podcast is uh, where you. Here, Greg, each week uh, on the Herdat Family, Spotify, iTunes, Google Play. Greg, let's try and handicap the uh, the the back four, the corners and safety spots. Now, we look at Newsom and, and Farmer as guys that have played a lot of ball. You've got Braxton Clark. Uh, Buford was the buzz of spring. There's also Singleton. And we didn't see a lot of Omar Brown just due to injury, Tommy Hills wowed Noah Pola Gates, and then you factor in potentially a Kane Williams if Nebraska gets a yes this upcoming weekend. Uh, good numbers, good talent, guys that have been in the program, and maybe some guys that have come from from winning programs. Uh, good problem to have for Travis Fisher no.
8: Yeah, absolutely. I, I really like the combination of talent that they could potentially have, and I really, really like the coach, right? Like I think mm-hmm. that you can't go wrong with Travis Fisher and turning that group over to him. It's whether or not you know like how many guys you have in that back end that you really know what you're going to get from them, right? I think that Quentin Newsom is one of those guys, um, even though he'll continue to elevate his play, and you hope that he becomes that kind of lockdown number one corner like they had in Cam Taylor Britt, um, but the rest of those guys, you just need to see them do it kind of on the big stage and more consistently like i think the consistency with miles farmer you want to see tommy hill do it in a nebraska uniform the hopes are high uh but you want to see that um and then that other safety position miles buford miles buford marquez buford um is a guy that you just need to see him do it in games and can he hold up um playing safety in the big 10 i think the parts are there deshaun singleton will be in the mix Mm -hmm. too i think the parts are there you just have to see it
2: who's the slot corner candidate
8: I think they could move Buford down um, to that role if you're if you're going to play like an, a true corner mm-hmm. defensive back in that role. I think you slide Buford down and let Singleton then replace him in the back end, uh, all the way in the back at safety, and then kind of go that way. But you know the thing that would actually really help this group as uh, they kind of get their feet wet is that pass rush, right? This mm-hmm. is why the Oshawn Mathis deal was such a big deal. Devin Drew is a pass rushing defensive lineman, Garrett Nelson's continued improvement, like those guys would really help out the the secondary kind. Of, you know learn uh, as they go and kind of as they get their feet wet that could be a, a real nice mix eventually you just got to get it there
2: we're way way off but if you're looking at young pups to to break through and and get some time uh how are you feeling about Randy kapai and I'm asking about inside because you you know what uh Luke and Reimers ha- have been there's also a lot of miles on him they'll need some some backups to come in and spell them. Is Randy ready to make the move? Is Snodgrass uh, once he gets healthy uh, in the mix? Those are those are two guys that you're you're worth thinking about. But also, how about how about Ernest Hausman? I mean, he's a guy that folks have been wowed by just from a physical standpoint. Physically, he's ready and. You know, e will put the work in in the playbook, even though he's as young as he is. I mean, I've just thrown out three names. Are those the three you're thinking about? Or did I miss anybody?
8: Uh, Va, uh, Va, Michael Clements, I think, is a guy that's been in the program now for a handful of years. Um, that could really make a move and help just kind of be a rotational player behind Ryan and henrich um, But I really think that Kai and um, Ernest Hausman could be a real nice duo in the future for Nebraska. I think if they can get out there and get their feet wet this season, get some, some good learning experience and some good tape, they can really be poised to have big futures at Nebraska. So you just hear so many good things about them behind the scenes, real similar kids, good both good frames, really good work ethics, and good athleticism. Both from small schools as well, and, and out of high school. Um, I think that Nebraska's inside linebacker room—the future is bright there.
2: Kalorovic is—is the experiment done with the JoJo role, or is that, that door still open?
8: The door is probably still open, but I think you also have to just find the correct role for him out there. Maybe, you know, you play a Wisconsin or an Iowa or Minnesota, he's out there a little bit more. But if you're playing Purdue or some of those schools, uh, maybe, you, you know, you have Gifford out there. Maybe you just need two guys uh, to play that JoJo role uh, instead of just one.
2: Greg Smith with us. Straight Up Breakdown podcast. Of course, Hail Varsity recruiting at Greg Smith HV. Greg, take care. Thanks for a few minutes.
8: Hey, thanks as always. You guys have a good week
2: good to spend time with uh greg smith and some crouton nebraska baseball ee, oh my ee. saturday was well, it was a cup check and you didn't pass and uh sunday was a foul tip if you're the catcher
5: yeah.
2: Yeah, <laughs> okay and, and and you're still writhing in pain what you do know is this rutgers Sixteen and four, they're good. Nebraska right now tied with Northwestern for eighth. At seven and eleven, yeah, you have three at Illinois, three against Sparty, but you you were supposed to handle Minnesota and add, you, you should be at ten and eleven, make that uh, uh, nine and eleven. But Nebraska right now, oh man, for them to not do work. It's like they, they press, they get out of their approach, and then you wake up and it's, they, they lose 3-1, to one, which is yesterday. When it should be batting practice, if we look at numbers. Should, 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 I understand that. But, man, it's just
5: no good. Postseason chances are starting to reach that slim to none. I mean, you have to really really finish the year stronger than what you've been playing all year i'd go as far as to say it's not the phrase you love which is it's slim to none and slim's left town but slim is definitely packing up his bags right now
2: slim's uh, like wearing a wire for the fbi right now (laughs) all right then he's going to disappear one way or the other okay He's he's either moving next to henry hill or jesse pinkman Or he's gonna sleep with the fishes, or find his way into a barrel and start dissolving. See, I would say he'd be working at a Cinnabon in Omaha, but
5: that might be a little too close to home.
2: Well, yeah, Slim's uh, you know alias is Gene, so (laughs) but right now two sub five hundred teams, Nebraska. Illinois is twelve and six. That's no fun. That's a, that's a tough series. It's the it's the Michigan
5: State series. I mean, you're probably going to need a sweep against Michigan State to close the year at home, plus at least one of three against Illinois. And you would hope for two of three against Illinois to even just make the Big Ten tourney. Because yeah. you, you got to jump up. Right now, I think Purdue holds the final spot in the uh, the teams that will make the Big they, Ten they tournament do, at seven
2: you, and nine conference yeah, record. And, you have Indiana at eight and ten, Purdue at seven and nine. Michigan's eight and ten right now. Just from a postseason invite, you've got Rutgers and Maryland, I guess, and and maybe Iowa. But i i think I think you'll get Rutgers, Maryland, and whoever wins the Big Ten tournament. Mm-hmm. That's that's in. You may have to that. You know what's what's hurtful if you're a Nebraska baseball fan? A all of your frustrations shift from football to basketball, from basketball to baseball. Baseball's not delivered. They have not been able to seize last year's momentum, and each year's different. It's just surprising that the guys that are left over have scuffled a bit. That's just a maturity thing. They'll be better next year,
5: presumably. And some also unfortunate situations with injuries Injury. and whatnot, especially in the, the pitching rotation. Yeah, the up the arms.
2: You're, you're going with guys that may not be ready or aren't as consistent as you want, but man, Nebraska baseball's got to be better. We'll see if they can turn it around and uh, at least get to Omaha, right? Because that's, the Big Ten's down and you're playing in Omaha for the postseason. You need to be there.
7: Like what you hear? High-quality radio and podcasts are just part of what we do at Hale Varsity. I'm Brandon Vogel, Managing Editor. I wanted to offer listeners of the Hale Varsity Radio Show podcast $10 off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you, for less than $20, can get everything we do, 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all of the premium content we produce at HailVarsity.com. Just go to hailvarsitycom slash subscribe and enter the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hail Varsity. That's hailvarsitycom slash subscribe promo code GBR.
1: Miss us? Come here, brother.
5: Give me a hug. Bring me in for the real thing.
7: We're on call for you. Catch
1: the podcast at HaleVarsity.com the ESPN Lincoln app or download them on iTunes. Saddle up, partner. Back to Hail Varsity Radio.
2: One final time, big thanks to Coach Waller, Charlie McBride, Charlie Meyer, Michael Dixon, And uh, Mr. Cruton, Greg Smith. Tomorrow, Mitch Sherman from The Athletic. Really enjoyed his podcast, Sit Down with uh, Andy Staples from The Athletic. So we'll talk uh, some ball with Mitch. Rick Kaczynski will join us. I'm sure Kaz had money on Rich Strike. No one Kaz. And we will recap Better Call Saul with one Mike St. James. So that's on the schedule tomorrow. Podcast, find us, follow us, and subscribe. It is free for you. And uh, we always appreciate the listenership. Give us a rating, good, bad, or ugly. Tell a buddy. Always appreciate that. Spotify, iTunes, Google Play. Hell Varsity Radio will be posted. We'll have some SoundCloud moments from the show on ESPN Lincoln's Twitter handle, and, of course, the on-demand. You want to hear Coach McBride on NIL. You want to hear Coach McBride on the portal and maybe grabbing a couple of Bama guys from St. Nick Saban. That was good stuff today from Coach McBride. Uh, ESPN Lincoln, on-demand, ESPNLincoln.com. What's your take? Have you seen any further evidence other than Chris Paul losing it on the mom, the kid, and then the younger brother, from the, the Mabs Sons game? No, I've just heard what Chris Paul had to say. Yeah, I've just I I've seen that on Twitter. You've seen it on Twitter. And, uh, you know, threatening a teenager, I'll see you soon. Now, if a teenager put his hands on Chris Paul's kids or family, then don't care how old you are. Chuck Barkley said it best with fans who like the mouth off the players but are untouchable unless you're on our test back in the day. Uh, Let's meet at mid-court for five minutes. (laughs) He'll slowly give you an ass-beaten. Quoting Chuck last night. Listen, I've heard enough, and I I think Chris Paul's a tremendous player. I think he's a, a, a great point guard. I think he's a Hall of Famer. I've heard enough things about Chris Paul that there's alter egos with Chris Paul, allegedly. So I have a hard time believing that that family... Were they annoying? Were they mouthing off? Maybe. Would they put hands on on another person's family member? I don't know, man. I I think back to The Last Dance, where Michael Jordan was talking about in playoff
5: series, he would make up things in his own head in order to give himself extra motivation against teams. Like, Like... and this isn't. Uh, and I'm not saying there wasn't any issues here no, between, I'm not between the 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 family and the, the fans. The, I'm sure there was a, an incident, but could Chris Paul be playing it up
2: in his own mind? Did the right himself folks get ejected? Is my question. Oh, that's your question. Well, oh, I'm. I mean, because you got this mother and her. I mean, the kid looks like Junior, right? Junior can be a smart ass. Don't doubt that. But I don't think he'd physically get into someone's bubble. I. I Pray not. He'd be grounded for the rest of his life if that happened after someone gave him a, a butt kicking.
5: <laughs> See, all, all I know, my favorite player, Jokic, no one would mess
2: with his brothers up in the stands. No, they would not. Let's get you qualified right now. Beef up your backyard, that smoker with smoky Mountain Cooker Smoker, courtesy of Capital Patio and the Flame Shop. A gift card to Russ's Market for some awesome meat for that smoker. Giveaway, end of May. Qualify. Right now with Hale Varsity and ESPN Lincoln, caller nine four six six three seven seven six. Caller nine four six six three seven seven six. Talk to you tomorrow at four on Hale Varsity.
5: A at media production.